Come on, anybody know what tonight is? It's Wednesday, July 15th, 2020. Our title tonight is A Priestly Produce. Somebody say a priestly produce. Priestly produce. produce. Come on, Yahweh Sabaot, our heavenly commander, our holy savior, has called for a new kind of produce. Oh, yeah. He has planted seeds in expectation of a new kind of sun. Seeds producing sons and soldiers, in fact, like many of you listened to on Monday night. Men who have been endowed, empowered, even seeded with an indestructible kind of life. Men who carry out his orders with an indestructible hope and an indestructible kind of diligence. Come on, church. We actually want to show you an excerpt from the Seed Biotechnology Center's statements. We're, Cody, what? Yeah, we're what going, was that again? We're going Could you there. help us? Could you it's, help us? It's what the is that? Seed Biotechnology Center statements. Okay. See, the Seed Biotechnology Center, or SBC, can I get a praise God? Praise, praise God. God. Is an organization dedicated to enhancing the agricultural viability of seed native to this earth. Let's listen to how they describe their work. Are you ready for this, church? <laughs> I'm so ready. <laughs> Listen closely. Seed enhancement refers to various technologies used to increase the consistency of seed performance, thereby improving a crop's harvested yield and quality. Seed enhancement technologies are gaining increasing attention for their potential to confer greater disease resistance. Someone say disease resistance. Disease resistance. Improve seed vigor. Someone say seed vigor. Seed vigor. And modify seed emergence capabilities. My, my, my. That's an extraordinary thing we're talking about tonight. Come on. Look, this was written by some liberal tree huggers, all right? We all know this. But it's insane how they can recognize a gospel truth. The carnal seed available all around is indeed lacking. They recognize that. The SBC, through carnal, unbiblical means, mind you, has sought to improve the consistency of performance, the quality, the disease resistance, and capability of existing seed that we have in our world today. Wow. Come on. I just want to take the time, and I wish them the best of luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but their finest efforts will, at best, be in vain. See, there is only one kind of seed that will fulfill its goal, and it is born from above. There's only one process that will cultivate our kind of seed to victory. Can I get an amen? Amen. You guys have your Bibles tonight? Why don't you guys open up to Isaiah 28? And when you find verse 28, someone say, vigor. Vigor. Listen to this. Grain must be ground to make bread, so one does not go on threshing it forever. Though he drives the wheel of its threshing cart over it, his horses do not grind it. All, all this also comes from the Lord Almighty, wonderful in counsel and magnificent in wisdom. We, we need to take a moment 
and just recognize that the Lord, our Lord, the Lord Almighty, He is wonderful in counsel. Come on, our Lord is magnificent in wisdom. Can I get an amen? We serve an amazing King, do we not? We have a beautiful promise here in this verse that we want to illuminate to you tonight. The fact that the seed, we will not be ground forever. This threshing, this grinding, it's not going to last forever. It's a season. Yeah. This, is, this is a time for rejoicing, a time for an amen to come forth. You're not going to be threshed forever. We are being given grain from the Lord. He is causing that grain. He's causing that seed to produce something for himself. The Lord is making something beautiful out of us, church. It's time to rejoice in that. To say, thank you, mighty God, that your threshing is producing something good. This is His way of cultivating greater disease resistance in His kingdom seed. It's His way of improving seed vigor in His kingdom seed. Come on, I don't know about y'all, but I need some seed vigor in my flesh that I may produce what the Lord's calling. Can I get amen? Amen. Come on, that thresh seed will produce the bread of life. And that bread of life will be for the benefit of others. See, the ultimate goal of the threshing that we are going through now is not for our own benefit, but the benefit of others. See, the things that you're going through from day to day, the, the daily disciplines that you're sticking to and you're getting resistance. See, we actually have a purpose here tonight. We're not going through day to day and we're thinking, Lord, why are you, why are you threshing me? Why are you trying to get something out of me, Lord? I just want more comfort. See, that's not our God. Our God is, has a purpose and a plan. See, we need this threshing. We need greater disease resistance, and we need a more dominant seed vigor in this house tonight. Church, turn to Leviticus 21. And find verse 5. We're going to get some greater disease resistance tonight. Oh, come on. I love you guys. Verse 5. Priests must not shave their heads or shave off the edges of their beards. Amen. Or cut their bodies. They must be holy to their God and must not profane the name of their God. Because they present the offerings made to the Lord by fire. Their food, the food of their God. They are to be holy. Church, kingdom seed without disease produces kingdom bread for others consumption as priest we need to bring the fiery holy bread of god to the table look the carnal bread that the world is feasting on is so easy to come by it's easy to get everyone's feeding on it look look at the world around us they are feeding on this carnal bread but what we the sons of god are bringing It's the fiery, holy bread of God. Amen? Come on, Natalie. That reminds me of something. Natalie in the sound booth, can you please pop up Revelation chapter 2, verse 14 for us? Come on. Peyton, that that really reminds me of something. That ordinary carnal bread that's out there. It's a dime a dozen. What everyone else is feeding off of. Revelation 2.14 says, Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. There are some among you who hold to the teaching of Balaam. 
who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin so that they ate food sacrificed to idols and committed sexual immorality. You know, this is really, it's an effortless kind of thing to eat this kind of food. The ordinary, carnal bread, it's effortless to consume it. It's effortless to follow its teachings. It's effortless to follow a lifestyle that involves consuming carnal bread sacrificed to idols. You know, is it okay if we give you a couple examples of this? Look, let's, let's drop a couple examples for us. Timidity is something that causes the consumption of this carnal bread that we're talking about. Distractions cause the consumption of carnal bread. You know, it could even, could even be active tonight. I want to encourage you, if you feel the need to go use the restroom, to go check on your child, how about let's actually stay focused on what the Lord has, yeah, and let's get that imperishable seed deep down inside of us. That's so good. Look, yielding to comforts causes the consumption of carnal bread. Revelation 2.14, it's easy to come by. And you might be eating the bread of the carnal bread of comfort and not even realize it because you're enjoying it. We have to get serious about this tonight. We're also talking about hearts housing bitterness. Man, we're hitting home. We're hitting home in this house. This causes the consumption of carnal bread. This house, we're going to be a place that is free of carnal bread and filled up with the bread from heaven. And overall inaction and unresponsiveness to conviction. This causes consumption of carnal bread. And overall inaction and unresponsiveness to convictions. This causes the consumption of carnal bread. Am I only preaching to myself tonight? You know, those things that we just listed, that carnal bread that we're talking about, it really, it originated with seed that had little to no resistance to disease. You know, it originated with a seed that certainly had no seed vigor involved with it at all. It was a regular, ordinary kind of seed that produced regular, ordinary kind of bread. And it was almost effortless for it to be produced and consumed. Come on, guys. Let's turn to 1 Samuel 21. We're going to go 2 through 6. David answered Ahimelech the priest. The king charged me with a certain matter and said to me, No one is to know anything about your mission and your instructions. As for my men, I have told them to meet me at a certain place. Now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever you can find. But the priest answered David, I don't have any ordinary bread on hand. However, there is some consecrated bread here. Provide the men have kept themselves from women. David's men were hungry. Have you ever been hungry? Yes. Come on, show of hands. Raise your hand if you've ever been hungry. David's men were hungry. And you know when you're hungry, you'll eat just about anything. These men were looking for food. But the priest, the priest had that good bread. He had that consecrated bread. Seed that's vigorous. Seed that's undiseased. And he had it to give to David's men. Consider this. Ordinary seed produces ordinary bread. It costs just a few dollars and can be bought on any corner. This ordinary bread is easy to attain, church. It'll fall in your lap. 
You can go out on the street and get it. You can find it on your phones. You can find it on the computer. It's easy to get the carnal bread. You can go to the store. You can buy what you want. It's easy. It comes right out of your bank account. It is easy, church. But remember, ordinary seed produces ordinary bread. But not in this body. We have seed vigor. We have undiseased seed that is growing inside of us. Yes. Let's contrast what Peyton just talked about with the grain, the seed that is being planted inside of you, the seed of the kingdom. You know, that produces the consecrated kingdom bread that we're going after tonight. What it requires is that resistance to the diseased desires of the world. It's a requirement. We got to get that disease out of here. It requires a holiness that is vigorous in its pursuit, vigorous in its implementation. We got to get this vigorous holiness intact tonight. Let's continue in verse 5. It says, David replied, Indeed, women have been kept from us as usual whenever I set out. The men's things are holy even on missions that are not holy. Get with Peyton later if you want more insight into that verse. How much more so today? So the priest gave him the consecrated bread, since there was no bread there except the bread of the presence that had been removed from before the Lord and replaced. Get this. The bread of the presence was replaced by hot bread on the day it was taken away. Come on, guys. We must actually have something to offer tonight. Not ordinary bread, but consecrated kingdom bread. We must learn to stop offering ordinary bread. This comes so naturally. But we will do this no more. No more going to your brothers and looking and knowing that you should have got something. And what do you offer? Well, I have, I have some ordinary bread. No more tonight. We're actually going to offer our brothers what's going to give them what they need. Not what we see, not what we have, but from the heavens. And it will produce something in us. See, the consecrated bread that you have to offer... Like the bread of the presence that this priest offered to David and his men, it comes from a place where the Spirit of God dwells. A place where the Word of God dwells. Come on, the holy place, Cody. Absolutely. That sounds like it's supposed to be coming right out of you. Right out of me. Come on, do you have the Spirit of God inside of you? Do you have the Word of God flowing out of you? You see, that kind of consecrated, holy bread is flowing out of you too. It has the potential to come right out of you, just like it flowed out of the holy place for David and his men when they were hungry. Yeah, look, when you give bread, it's replaced with hot bread. But ask yourself tonight, is your bread stale? Is it moldy? Has it been setting inactive too long? Why well, say tonight no more? It's time to get up and give. Look, church, you have something to offer. But having something to offer is not the same as giving it. We have to get up and get active with that seed vigor. Payton, say that, that again, brother. Say it again, brother. See, if you have something to offer, it's not the same as actually offering it. We know that you guys have the kingdom seed at work inside of you. We know that you all have something to offer, but it's not the same as actually offering it. It's not the same as actually holding it out for someone else's consumption. So I'll say it again. You have something to offer, but having something to offer is not the same as giving it. Turn to 2 Chronicles 1 and find verse 9. This should be a familiar passage to this body. We've been studying it on Monday nights.
vigor. Amen. Verse 9. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed. For you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Come on now, this should sound a little bit familiar to a lot of us in the room. This is Solomon. If you guys remember what's happening here, the Lord God is speaking to Solomon. It's actually the first time that he is a theophany recorded in the word of God. And God is speaking to him and he's basically cutting him a blank check. Hey son, whatever you want. Whatever you want. And this is his response. Hey, we want you to contrast this with all of the men that you know, all of the times, begging the Lord for their own benefit. This is exactly opposite of what Solomon did in this moment. And he was blessed tremendously because of it. But you can hear their voices echoing in your mind. Lord, give me something that is carnal. Lord, give me something that is perishable. You know what the result of that's going to be. It'll always be diseased. It'll always be impotent. It will never provide anything going forward. We are getting disease resistant tonight. We are getting more vigorous. Our vigor is rising. This is what we were aiming for tonight. Solomon knew his call. Solomon knew his need. Solomon was asking for seed. Imperishable. Supernatural. Disease resistant. And vigorous. For this type of seed to be produced in Solomon's life, we would have to clear out the carnal perishable seeds and he would have to keep his focus on the fact that his seed was always for others you certainly have this the seed of the kingdom inside of you in this room but there are carnal perishable seeds obstructing its growth in this room in this room there there is seed that is wanting to sprout but there's something blocking it There's something covering it up that it can't get what it needs from the Lord. Let us help you out again with some examples. Because I don't know about y'all, but when I'm thinking about this, I'm like, okay, I understand the seed. I understand something's blocking it. But what's causing this blockage that the seed of Christ is not able to grow? You know, we're going to get into this with some examples of diseased and impotent seeds that are fighting against the vigorous kingdom seed. You know, something that blocks the seed is timidity. Remember we talked about it a little bit earlier? It'll cause that seed to stop growing. Cowardice does not belong in the kingdom, church. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it my turn? I was a little bit distracted. There's distraction. There's distraction that also is blocking the kingdom seed in your life. Hey, are you distracted tonight? Are you guys with us? Come on. I know that you're with us. Hey, focus in on us because this is really, really good. I'm telling you right now, there are seeds of distraction that are heaped on top of the kingdom seed that is in each one of you. And it's blocking the growth. We got to clear that out. We got to make space tonight. We got to clear the perishable seeds tonight so that God's imperishable, vigorous seed can be effective in us. How about yielding to comforts? We're gonna, I'm going to go there, okay? How about whenever you know that there's a prayer meeting, you know that there's life-giving power, and that our pastors are sacrificing, 
you know what, maybe it's just a little bit easier. I just, it's been a hard week, Pastor. You know, my, my family really needs me. You know, I mean, Netflix isn't really that bad. Come on, Pastor. I mean, I mean, I just really want to Netflix and chill with my wife. It wasn't my idea, so why would I participate in it? Yielding to comfort. You remember Hearts Housing Bitterness? We got a clean house. Maybe you feel like you're good. But it's always, there's always something there that we have to keep an eye on. And it's bitterness rising up. And timidity and distractions and yielding to comforts, they don't help you out with that. These things work together. We're clearing out everything. We're saying, Lord, make me holy. Amen. I want to be a vigorous seed. I want to be disease yes. resistance. If you want to get sick, if you want to get really, really sick, how's bitterness inside your home? Ooh. Ooh, come on. Maybe it's an overall inaction and unresponsiveness to convictions. We touched on this a little bit earlier, but we want to bring it back again. Inaction. Unresponsiveness. You're feeling the Holy Spirit move on you. But you, you're just too scared to do anything about it. You're just too scared to take the steps that you need. Hey, the question tonight is not if. The question tonight is what? What is it for you tonight? Look, we could keep going on and on. We could give you more examples. We, we could do a whole lot of things. But you know what that looks like for you. It's not if, it's what. So identify it and let's deal with it together, all right? Have you lost your focus in holding out that consecrated bread? This, it's not just for this evening. It's actually for your entire life. Can you honestly look right now and look that you've held back that consecrated bread? For the benefit of others, not for yourself. See how, see how easily we go, oh, no, I'm not holding back that concert. I'm reading my Bible every day. I'm going through my plan. See, our focus is not about ourselves, but it's actually about others. This must stop. This timid, distracted behavior must stop, and it will stop tonight Amen. in the name of Jesus. Yes. How have you lost the seed of the kingdom under the ordinary seed of distractions that are around you? That ordinary seed doesn't produce anything good. It's diseased. It's impotent. It produces nothing that will last. So how tonight are you going to clear out those ordinary seeds so that the kingdom seed may reign supreme? That's what we're clinching with. How are you going to clear out the ordinary seed so that the kingdom seed can be planted? So that it's producing consecrated bread. That's what we want. I want my life to produce consecrated bread. Amen? We're going to see the answer in John 12. Everyone turn to John 12. Come on, let's go to John 12 together. Yeah, say bigger when you get there. Bigger. Say bigger and then find verse 23. Everybody bigger when you're there? Bigger. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, if it dies, it produces many seeds. The gospel seed that we're talking about tonight, 
the disease-resistant seed, the vigorous seed of the kingdom of God, it has indeed been implanted inside of every one of you. Yes. This seed in you, it has the potential for the kingdom. Get this. But it produces nothing if it is not combined with your death. Yeah. The kingdom seed that you do indeed have and praise God, thank the living God that you have it. It is in you and there is so much potential. There is so much potential for life inside of you. There is so much potential for so many good things that will last. But if not combined with your own death, it is nothing. If not combined with your own death, you have nothing to give. You have nothing to offer. You have no consecrated bread to bring. It's only when the seed of the gospel meets that death inside of you that the kingdom comes to life. Come on, church. Come on, our heart's cry needs to be tonight. Death to the giver and life to the taker. You are not called to a life of feeding yourself. This is a diseased and impotent way of life. We need to learn to die to ourselves that you would have the supernatural bread. That it comes from heaven and it's not for you, but it's actually for others around you. That as we're walking day to day, that it says death to the giver and life to the taker. Let's go in verse 27. Now my heart is troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. Church, listen. The seed that was in Christ is in you. The seed that was in Christ is in you. And that seed combined with your death produces joy and it produces glory. Do you want joy and glory? Then it starts with death to yourself. What is your heart's cry tonight? What are you crying out for? Father, save me from death to myself? No. No. Father, Let your seed in me produce the bread of the kingdom that has the potential to nourish another soul for an eternity. Father, glorify your name. Say with me. Father, glorify your name. He has glorified it. And he will glorify himself through you again. You have his imperishable seed. Yet there is work for you to do. Come on, turn with us to Philippians chapter 1. We're going to begin in verse 23 together. Yeah, get, give us a vigor when you get there. Vigor! Paul, can we get a woo? Yeah, Philippians 1 verse 23. I am torn between the two. Paul, he's speaking about exactly what we're speaking about right now. And he's, he's got some inner turmoil going on. He's like, man, I'm torn. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain. I will continue with all of you. Here's the purpose. 
for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. Come on, there is work for you to do. Rob, there is work for you to do. Carlos, there is work for you to do. Cho, there is work for you to do. And this is not a bad thing, but this is what men grasp onto. I walked over yesterday. You know what Nolan was doing? He was working because that's what Nolan does. See, there's a purpose in you that's remaining and must continue and grow to, for others to see the progress and joy of you walking that out. Man, amen. I got something to say. Nolan. Our joy in Christ Jesus is overflowing on account of the vigorous kingdom seed at work in you. That seed combined with your death is producing the bread of the kingdom that is feeding us. Spencer, I got a shout out for you tonight. Spencer, our joy in Christ Jesus is overflowing on account of the vigorous kingdom seed at work inside of you, my brother. That seed combined with your death is producing the bread of the kingdom that is feeding all of us. Come on, Chris. Our joy in Christ Jesus is overflowing on account of the vigorous kingdom seed at work inside of you. See, that seed combined with your death is producing the bread of the kingdom that is feeding us. Oh, pastors. We had to do it. Our joy in Christ Jesus is overflowing on account of the vigorous kingdom seed at work in you. That seed combined with your death is producing the bread of the kingdom that is feeding us. Come on, guys. Randy isn't here tonight. But our joy in Christ Jesus is overflowing on account of the vigorous kingdom seed that is at work inside of her. That seed combined with her death daily is producing the bread of the kingdom that is feeding us. Somebody shout amen if you agree with that. We love you, Randy. Come on, let's turn to Colossians 1, verse 24 through 27. Oh, yeah. Bigger. Bigger. Pastor, I don't know if you told you in a while, but I love you and I love my church. Amen. Back to the scripture. (laughs) Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regards to Christ's afflictions. For the sake of his body, which is the church. For I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations. But is now disclosed to the saints. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Oh, Cody, there's work for us to do. There's work for us to do, brother. There is work. Do work, And I'm excited about that work. We must fill up in our flesh what is still lacking in regards to Christ's afflictions. But have you cleared out the impotent seed, the diseased seed that's wasting space? Do you actually have room for these afflictions that are your glory? Look, if you have ordinary seed, it's taking up space. We got to clear it out so those afflictions can fill that space, which are our glory. We got work to do. We got work to do. It's time for us to clear them out, church. It's time for us to clear out the perishable, 
off of that imperishable seed so that we can produce the kingdom bread that we were destined to produce. The vigorous seed of the gospel in you will produce the bread of the kingdom. The sufferings that are forming you. We want to encourage you tonight that they are worthy of you rejoicing over. Hey, tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to clear out that perishable seed. We're going to make room because the sufferings that are waiting for us on the other side are our glory. They are our glory, church. What is waiting for you when you clear out perishable things? When you make way for the imperishable, vigorous seed of God's kingdom? And when you make room for the glories of sharing in the sufferings that Christ did not get to share in? That is to our glory. Come on. The bread of the kingdom that you can produce is your hope of glory in the kingdom. It's your ticket to it. It's your stake in it. We started this message with a promise from our king. We're quickly approaching a close because we got work to do. We wanted to share with you another promise as we approach this close. Comes from Zechariah chapter 8 and verse 12. Pastor beating you to the punch. The seed will grow well. The vine will yield its fruit. The ground will produce its crops. And the heavens will drop their dew. I will give all these things as an inheritance to the remnant of this people. But now... Now do not neglect to clear out the perishable seed. You, LCM, do not neglect to clear out the perishable seed. Don't be distracted tonight. Do not move quickly on tonight from your opportunity to clear out the seed inside of you that is diseased and impotent. This means death to the giver. Death to you. And it also means life to the taker. See, the Lord has already promised it. It's already promised. The seed will grow well, and it will produce what we all what it was always supposed to produce. See, that seed that was deposited inside of you will come up and sprout life. See, but it's about tonight. It's about what you do and what you're cultivating inside of your heart. Of what actually are we going to clear out the imperishable seed tonight? See, we need to ask the Lord for the dew of heaven. That the seed that He's already embedded inside of us will produce the bread of His kingdom. That we'll actually produce something with our life. That we may actually have something to give. That saying that we say so often, death to the giver and life to the taker may reign true in our life tonight. It is going to happen tonight. That rain from heaven is going to happen tonight. This is based upon what we do in the next few moments. As we're going to get into our last scripture, start thinking about what the imperishable seed needs to go. What needs to be washed out of inside of you that the imperishable seed may actually grow and take root.
Church, stand to your feet. Hosea 6. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us, that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him as surely as the sun rises he will appear he will come to us like the winter rains like the spring rains that water the earth we're going to clear out the ordinary seed tonight we're going to clear out the seeds of timidity we're going to clear out the seeds of comfort we're going to clear out of this room in this body unresponsiveness when the lord speaks we want to be the ones that act immediately but you can't do that if you're carrying extra baggage if you're carrying around seeds that are ordinary we need consecrated seed in our life because that produces consecrated bread and that bread wasn't just to fill your tummy that bread was meant to feed someone else, to feed your brothers, to feed the nations. So as we sing, let it rain. There's work to do. And where it can start is right here at this altar, clearing out the ordinary seed. Church, there's a rain storm that's coming. There is a flood coming. There is a flood of His presence. There is a flood of afflictions. And I want to make sure the soil of my heart is seeded with kingdom seed. With consecrated seed that it might rise up and produce consecrated bread that it might feed others.